Julio Rodriguez has officially won the Silver Slugger, and MLB Trade Rumors has put out their predictions for the top 50 free agents on the market. Let's talk about it. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, November 11, 2022. This is Titan Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. Colby before we get into our show today let's remind folks about the giveaway that we're doing right now we got less than a month to go before this giveaway ends tell the folks what they could win baseball cards and stuff um Mm -hmm. so yeah uh next up on the uh on our little check sheet here is we got to get to 4500 uh youtube subscribers and we'll give away an autographed uh taylor trammell card um number 83 out of 99 uh and then after that it's kind of a combo one uh it's uh 4500 uh youtube subs and 3000 on twitter uh we'll give away this cool jared kelnick card uh it is 60 out of number 199 it is autographed i think it's the best looking card that's the one we're giving away personally um so that's out there and then probably the biggest one uh oh Whatever. If we get to 5,000 subs on YouTube, it doesn't matter how many followers we have on on Twitter uh, for this particular card, but we'll give away an autographed Cal Raleigh card. Um, uh, Autographed Cal Raleigh rookie card, I guess I should say. Uh, That's for 5,000 subs. Um, And then, you know, there's a big one. If if we overtake Locked On Astros as the number one uh, one MLB podcast on YouTube uh, in the Locked On Network, uh, I'll give away this really cool numbered autographed Mike Cameron card, uh, which uh, really don't want to give away, but uh, you guys aren't really making me sweat it that much. So I'm feeling pretty good that we're going to keep that card. Um, at this rate, y'all aren't even going to get the Taylor Trammell, uh, which, uh, you know, is or about 220, 250, somewhere in that range away from even mm-hmm. giving that away. So I'm going to have a bunch of free cards. Well, not free, but I'm going to get to keep a bunch of my cards. They're going to be awesome. And you guys will just lose. Somebody Right now, the only thing you guys are getting are a Taylor, is a Taylor Dollar card. Just saying. Takes like 10 seconds to hit the subscribe button. So, yeah. It's true. Maybe you don't want the Cal Raleigh card. I will enjoy it. You have less than a month. December 8th, I think. So, yeah, December 8th, uh, the day after the winter meetings in. And so, uh, yeah, you got less than a month to go on that. So subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. Tell your dog to subscribe. Tell your mom, your dad, uh, your enemies, all that good stuff to subscribe to the Lockdown Mariners podcast on YouTube. And if you're listening to this, head on over to our YouTube. Search Lockdown Mariners. This podcast is also in video form if you did not know that all right so our uh, first topic of the day julio rodriguez is taking home some hardware and this is probably not the last award that he will win this offseason uh, but it's a pretty big one colby 
Silver Slugger. He was one of the three American League outfielders to win the Silver Slugger along with Mike Trout and, of course, Aaron Judge. Uh, And this makes a ton of sense because Julio was third amongst all uh, qualified American League outfielders in WRC Plus this year at 146. He slashed 284, 345, 509. He was worth 5.3 F4. He had 28 home runs, 25 stolen bases, and struck out 25.9% of the time while walking 7.1% of the time as a 21-year-old rookie. So (laughs) congratulations to Julio Rodriguez. Colby, what's your thoughts on uh, Julio uh, winning this award? Uh, probably bodes pretty well for his chance to win rookie of the year, um, which Mm -hmm. is the only award I care about, uh, because it's the only award that comes with real consequence for the, the team of the player that wins it, right? If he wins rookie of the year, uh, the Mariners are going to get an additional draft pick. Sounds like it'll be essentially an additional first round pick, um, Mm -hmm. you know, right after the end of round between round one and a competitive balance round round a uh, is what it sounds like which i believe is going to be 29th overall so uh <clears throat> with that 29th overall pick comes the bonus money that goes along with it um which is i believe an extra about two million bucks uh to throw into the uh the, the bonus pool which if you guys don't know you only have x amount of money to spend on the first 10 rounds of the draft and if you go over that by more than 5%, then you start losing first-round draft picks in the future. So the more money you have, the more picks you have, uh, you know, the more creative you can get in your draft, blah, blah, blah. So that's the one that really matters. Uh, I believe that one is uh, going to be given out on Monday or Tuesday um, of next week. So we should know then Julio is one of the three finalists there. Uh, I would think, again, him winning this award uh, is a pretty good precursor. Uh, it was a really it was a really great class this year for rookies. Um, you know, in most years, Stephen Kwan would have ran away with it. Adley Rutschman would have ran away with it. George Kirby would have ran away with it. Jeremy Pena would have ran away with it. But as it stands right now, all those guys are going to finish behind Julio, and that's just how good the rookie class was. So, um, well well earned uh, for the Silver Slugger. Um, like I said, to me, it just bodes pretty well for the fact that he's going to win. Um, rookie of the year. Uh, and I think Julio's probably about to enter, I mean, the stage where he's just going to win awards just because he's Julio Rodriguez. You know, like it, it's, right. yeah, it's not so much that he hasn't earned them, but once you get a cup, like, right, like once you like win a gold glove, right, you tend to win more because, oh, well, he's won one before. So I feel like Julio's just going to start collecting silver sluggers despite having like, good but not great years you know what i mean like they're gonna be like oh yeah but it's julio so yeah one maybe there will be a year where he's like eighth in wrc plus amongst all outfielders yeah, or and he something still like that, but he still yeah. gets it yeah yeah um and yeah I, I i think this bodes well for his uh rookie of the year uh case as well and also you know while ultimately the um winner of that is decided upon by the writers i think it also you know the major league baseball wants to prove that their new system works right that if uh, you can uh, you know if you don't service time a guy you bring him right up on the roster right away and he ends up winning rookie of the year like you know they've yeah. made all these changes with the new CBA to to mm-hmm. prevent service time manipulation and all that so I think they also right. kind of uh, make an example out of Julio uh, right you know. and Adley is is not that guy this year Quan would be Adley is not if Adley yeah. wins rookie of the year the Orioles get nothing 
because he didn't make the opening day roster. And that's kind of the, the you can still win rookie of the year, but you're not eligible for the draft pick unless you make the opening day roster. And they spend, I think it's 116 days or something in the big leagues. Uh, so Julio and Quan are the only two that are eligible for that. Like even if George Kirby won, the Mariners would not get the draft pick. So uh, it's kind of a cool new system, a cool new incentive, uh, and Julio is uh, probably going to have given the Mariners that uh, that honor, uh, that reward um, for the first time. And it also sounds like the Mariners are probably still going to get a competitive round B pick as well. So they might end up with two extra draft picks um, in next year's uh, draft, which, uh, again, all about bonus pool and, and, you know, building this thing, continuing to build this thing. So... Yeah, Silver Slugger, fantastic. Congrats to Julio. But the big one is early next week, I think on the 14th, um, which would be Monday. So we should – I don't know what time they'll announce that. That's typically around 4 o'clock, so we probably won't be talking about it on Monday, but maybe Tuesday uh, we'll be talking about the American League Rookie of the Year, Julio Rodriguez. Well, congratulations to Julio Rodriguez once again. An incredible season for him and uh, soon to be the American League Rookie of the Year, I believe. Uh, so we're going to switch gears and look at MLB trade rumors as um, predictions for the top 50 free agents on the market. A few of their writers uh, picked the Mariners for some of those free agents. So we're going to go over those deals and react to them here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. So MLB Trade Rumors has put out their collective predictions for the top 50 free agents on the market like they always do. They are also uh, running a contest, if you want to enter that, where you uh, send in your own free agent predictions. And I think the the closest uh, who gets to it wins a, uh, a prize. Um but yeah, so they uh, they've handed out predictions. This is uh, Steve Adams, Tim Dierks, uh, Anthony Franco's, and uh, Dara uh, Mc, uh, McDonald's uh, predictions for the uh, top fifty free agents on the market. And so let's go through uh, some of these that have uh, the Mariners predicted to land these guys. The first one on the list is Andrew Bogarts. Uh, they have mm-hmm. Bogarts landing a seven-year, one hundred and eighty-nine million dollar deal, and McDonald uh, predicts the Mariners. For Xander, so what's re- what's your reaction to a seven-year, one hundred and eighty-nine million dollar contract for Xander? Feeling pretty good because that's basically what we came up with um, as kind of what we thought he could uh, he could get, and uh, I'm I'm totally okay with that. That is um, <clears throat> well within the range of uh, respectability. Uh, it is what uh, 27, uh, 27 million dollars a year. Uh, for Xander. Uh, I, I think that's right in line with what he's worth. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like, you know, you kind of look at what uh, what other predictions were made for the shortstops. You know, you have eight and 268 for Turner. Um, and for Correa, it's nine and 288 
Like if I can, if those are my options or I can get Xander for seven and one eighty nine, I'm, I'm picking Xander over both of the other guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's about what it's going to be. I could see maybe he get, maybe he pushes 200 million. Uh, but I think it's probably going to be in that seven to eight years. And I think it's going to be between 180 and 210. So I think that's pretty good estimate. And we've talked about Xander's uh, fit in Seattle. It, it, it makes a lot of sense. And he's also a guy who probably would be more open to moving to second base uh, right now than, than any of the other mm-hmm. uh, options. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good call. Um, I would be, I would be quite happy if the Mariners got Xander for seven and one eighty nine. Yeah, that's a really good deal. You and I, uh, in trying to project a deal for Xander, came to seven years, 196. Yeah. Uh, so pretty close. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would be thrilled if the Mariners were able to land Xander Bogarts at that deal, especially when you compare it to Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Dansby Swanson, the other contracts that they have listed here. Uh, yeah. So the next one on the list, uh, you have to go down to number 19. That's Jose Abreu. And Tim Dierks has the Mariners <clears throat> signing Jose Abreu to a two-year, $40 million deal. So $20 million AAV for uh, the older Jose Abreu, who plays first base and DH exclusively. What do you think about that deal for the Mariners? Not a fan. Um, yeah. Abreu's a really good player still. He can definitely hit. Uh, but you have uh, Ty France, so... Essentially, what you're doing is you're signing Abreu to be an everyday uh, DH. I mean, first base, he'll play some first base too, but uh, that's not what the Mariners want to do. They want to have the DH kind of be for the fourth outfielder who's not playing in that day. Uh, Abreu, there's definitely a point where you just need offensive production, and so it doesn't matter if it's not the perfect fit positionally, but I don't think it's I don't think Abreu is going to be on the market long enough for the Mariners to get to that point. Uh, if that makes sense, where they just yeah. like, you know, we need offense, period. Um, I think I think two and 40 is is pretty aggressive as well, uh, again, for a 36-year-old yeah. who's just first base. Uh, so I, I would not be a huge fan of that. If Ray was a really good player, he would certainly hit, you know, probably third in this Mariners lineup. He would be an upgrade to the offense, but he's not a very good fit uh, roster-wise. And, and that money, I think, can be spent. In better and more creative ways, so I'm not a huge fan of that that call. Um, again, you know, if we go into spring training, and Jose Abreu is a Mariner. Yeah, I'm not gonna be mad, but I'm just yeah, not a huge yeah. fan of that that fit and that call. Because um, I think the only way he's a, a Mariner is if we get into January and Seattle kind of struck out on the shortstops, and you know they got a couple of pretty good outfielders, but no real impact bats, and they're just like, ah, eh, you know, screw it, like. Let's go give Abreu one in sixteen, and he can be the the DH, and that's how we're gonna get the offense that mm-hmm. we want. Like that, I could see that scenario. I don't see two years for Abreu. It's kind of a, a a jumping off point for me, anyways. Yeah, and twenty million a year for a guy that is essentially your Carlos Santana replacement. Yeah, or your Ty France replacement, and France is your Santana replacement. I. It's not a great use of resources there. If you can get Abreu for like fifteen million a year, I'm a little bit more on board. It's just twenty million. That's such a huge uh, part of your available payroll. I mean, you know, Jerry Depoto sorry talked about how you know giving twenty million dollars to Mitch Haniger was going to eat a lot of their available payroll. So, you know, we don't know exactly how much money 
DePoto and Hollander have to work with right now, but it would seem like Abreu would cut into a significant portion of that, and that just doesn't seem like a great use of resources. But again, you know, like Colby said, if you get to a point in the offseason where Abreu is still available and you haven't really added that impact bat, you haven't been able to add that impact bat, then it starts to make, some, make a bit more sense, even though that roster-wise it's still a little bit of a conundrum where you're yeah. locking up DH for either France or Abreu, where they're basically kind of rotating in and out of there and the other one plays first base. So uh, I'm not a huge fan either. Um, but also, like you said... I wouldn't complain if Jose Abreu is a Seattle Mariner in 2023. He's a really good player. He's a guy that's going to hit, you know, potentially 300 plus and, you know, give you 20, 30 home runs, right? Like, I'm not complaining about that at all. Uh, next up on the list is just one spot down, Mitch Hanniger. Uh, this one's a little bit silly. <laughs> both uh, both Adams and Dirks have uh, Mitch have the Mariners landing Mitch Hanniger at three years Thirty-nine million dollars. Yeah, uh, the level of disrespect shown to Jerry Depoto to think that he would give Mitch Haniger three fully guaranteed years. Get out of here with your nonsense. That's stupid. And it, any team that gives Mitch Haniger three guaranteed years, they're stupid. Just straight up, they're stupid. So yeah, it's, no, yeah. Mitch Haniger coming back. Fine, million AAV. That's yeah. fine. Like, that's yeah. fine. 13 million AAV sounds a little bit uh, larger than uh, we're expecting. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be like 8 to 10 or 11, to be honest with you. But 13 yeah. in the ballpark. Yeah. Fine, whatever. Sure. Uh, but for three guaranteed years, mm, that's I just I don't think that any team is going to give him that. Uh, with the injury history, with the lack of production, uh, when he is when he has been able to get on the field. Um, and people are Declining not going to pay defense. for for. They're not going to pay for twenty twenty one Mitch Haniger either, right? Like, no. It's, what have you done for me lately? And what Mitch Haniger has done lately does not warrant three guaranteed years. No, nope. that's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, this one gets a thumbs down from me as well. Um, mm-hmm. all right. So at number twenty five, this one is really interesting. J D Martinez. And um, Anthony here has uh, the, the, the Mariners landing J.D. Martinez at two years, $30 million. So a very similar situation to Jose Abreu uh, for uh, $5 million less AAV. Do you feel the exact same about this as you do with Abreu? Are the feelings a little bit different on that? What are you thinking? It's pretty similar to Abreu. Um just don't really see the fit of a full-time DH on this roster right now. Um, and that's what Martinez is. I mean, I know he can stand out in left field, but you just went an entire season using a guy who can literally just stand in left field. Did you feel great about it? Because I didn't. So, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. he's – Martinez is still a pretty good hitter, but it was a, it was a bit of a down year for him. Um, you know, it, it felt like we're starting to see kind of the decline of J.D., uh, but again, he's still a, a very solid hitter. Um, I think CTZ wise, he fits pretty well uh, in the Mariners uh, lineup. Uh, but he's just kind of seems like a, he's an older player who's kind of in a decline. He can't play in the outfield really at all. You're not you're not giving two years to a guy who can't help you defensively. It just doesn't make a lot of sense, and, and not for a guy who's coming off of a down year. 
Um, <clears throat> it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I wouldn't hate it. Uh, but eh, it just like to me, like if you're going to settle for a full-time DH, why not just go give Nelson Cruz $9 million and be like, here you go, Nelson, right. you're the DH. Like you already know that guy fits in your, in your clubhouse. You know, that guy's going to fit in the city. Um, <clears throat> you know, JD better than Nelson Cruz at this stage of his career. Yeah, of course he is. But what's the point? Like if it's one year for Nelson Cruz or two years for JD Martinez, and I have to pick one of those, <clears throat> one of those two options, I'm picking the one year for Nelson Cruz because it's an easier contract to get out from under. So I just don't, I just don't see mm-hmm. a fit here, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, up next on the list, uh, Franco has the Mariners signing <clears throat> a favorite of mine, left-handed reliever Andrew Chafin, to a two-year, $18 million contract. So $9 million AAV for Chafin, who's coming off of a really, really good season in Detroit, 57 in the third innings pitch, 10-5-2 Ks per nine, 298 walks per nine, 283 ERA, 3.06 FIP. Uh, and obviously he's, uh, you know, rocking the fro and the uh, handlebar mustache. Uh, it's just a, it's a great look. So for, for a reliever, uh, you got to be a little unhinged to be a reliever in Major League Baseball. And Andrew Chafin uh, embodies that and then some fully. So what do you think about uh, two years, $18 million for someone like Andrew Chafin? Good. I don't want to give any reliever $9 million, to be quite honest. Uh, it's, a, especially- it's a lot. Especially since, you know, Jerry is so good at not giving relievers $9 million and getting like $12 million worth of value out of them. Um, and also, let's be real about it. When he has given relievers money, it hasn't particularly it hasn't worked It hasn't worked. Out. Yeah. It's typically his worst moves have been when he's decided to pay a reliever. Um, <clears throat> just just so you guys are aware, how much is $9 million really? Uh, well, Andres Munoz is going to make $6 million over the next three years total. So... Um. Yeah, nine million is a lot for a guy. And Chafin to me, he's not a high leverage guy. He's, you know, a solid lefty. He's fine. And and you know, if, if you're in a situation where it's, you know, Jordan and uh and Bregman and Tucker in like the seventh, fine. You can use Chafin. And Chafin's good against righties too. And I'm not saying he's a loogie or anything, but like, hey, you know who mm-hmm. else you could use? Eric Swanson. You know how much Eric Swanson's going to cost you? A million five. Like I just Seth nine million dollars on a might cost you only like four million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Like this just feels again like, oh, the Mariners have to have a lefty, so Chafin's pretty good. Just give him the standard good reliever contract, which is like eight to ten million dollars a year. It just feels forced. And I just eh, whatever. I'm not opposed to to Chafin. And even at that that number, I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, okay, whatever. But like again, mm-hmm. the Mariners have a budget. They can't just go writing checks for $9 million to guys who are going to give them 50 innings and just do that repeatedly over and over again. I just trust Jerry to find somebody who can do what Chafin does, but for like $3 million instead of nine. So I'm, I'm not a not a huge fan of that, on that one. Yeah, I, I, to me, this is a deal that you do after you've done your heavy lifting. After yeah, you've completed luxury. your heavy lifting. Like, let's say the Mariners, they've signed their shortstop or they've, you know, signed two big outfielders and they've acquired <laughs> a middle infielder via trade or what have you. Right. At that point, once the heavy lifting is done and they've spent the money that they need to in order to fill out their biggest needs, then, yeah, if they want to go pay nine million dollars a year to Andrew Chafin. Cool. Great. 
I'm all I'm all about that. But like Colby said, this team has proven time and time again, and, and specifically Jerry Depoto and crew have proven time and time again the ability to find relievers, high leverage relievers, and grab them out of just thin air, basically, you know. And so I don't need to go spend nine million dollars on a guy when I know that my pitching development system works and that my front office has a really good eye for pitching talent that is just kind of on the fringes of the market. Uh, All right, so lastly, (laughs) the last deal on this list is... uh, (laughs) It gives me a good little uh, chuckle. Uh, Steve uh, Steve Adams here has uh, (laughs) the Mariners signing Gene Segura to a two-year, eighteen million dollar contract. Uh, clearly, Steve has uh, does not keep up with uh, things that go on in the uh, the Mariners clubhouse or news stories that have recently come out about Gene Segura and the Mariners organization, where Segura has talked about uh, a member of the Mariners organization uh, going on social media and tweeting basically racist things and that was a, a reason that he felt he reportedly felt uncomfortable being in the uh, Mariners organization there towards the end there was obviously the fight between him and D Gordon that was reported Gene Segura mm-hmm. clearly after what he said in that in that story does not want to come back to Seattle no that's the end of the, end of the story so this is a non starter for me yeah like in Steve's defense if you ignore all of that Segura does make a lot of sense for the Mariners. He did towards the top of the order. He's a pretty good second baseman. He's relatively cheap. Like, yeah, like Segura is a good fit. Doesn't strike out. Like, yeah, he's he checks a lot of the boxes for the Mariners. Unfortunately, he hates the organization's guts, and I don't think the Mariners are too thrilled with him either. So, yeah, that's pretty much the end of it. So, like, if you ignore all the yeah. real stuff that matters, Segura is a great fit but we we can't so it's not going to work out like like hypothet like just in a in a just like let's live in this goofy reality here if gene segura did sign that deal with the mariners you'd be pretty happy about that right be like yeah i mean yeah that's it's a good player at a good price yeah sure but again you have to factor in the reality of the situation and that reality means that gene segura gene segura goes from a great fit for the mariners to somebody who's not even on their board, more than likely. So, hey, you know, if, if Segura's the starting second baseman next year for some odd reason, I'll be happy. Like, cool. That that's that's solid. But I also, it'll take me a few months to like actually believe that 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 transpired in our reality. So, um, yeah, it uh, it's a good fit, but you're just missing kind of the biggest red flag uh, of any free agent. Yeah, yeah, it's just the the uh, I forget which article it was, but Segura talked about his time in Seattle and made some claims that uh, I'm not necessarily saying if they're true or not, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that that just from his perspective, at least, it, it seems like he's not at all interested in ever coming back to uh, it, Seattle. It would be pretty similar to like if the Mariners rehired um, Doctor Lorena Martin, right? Like, right. It just, not that they're not qualified, not that they're not, you know, fits or whatever, but it's like, it just, it's no. Like, you close the door on some people in some situations. You just close it forever, and you don't open it ever again. Uh, Gene Segura falls into that category. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Kevin Mather being fired was literally the only thing that needed to happen for Segura to be happy. But like, yeah, maybe maybe the yeah it. maybe the 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 member of the uh, organization that Segura was referring to in that article no longer works in the organization, and, and you know maybe it was Kevin Mather Which, himself, I mean, right? <clears throat> Based on Kevin, based on what we know, Kevin Mather will say in front of people, it's kind of believable. Yeah. So maybe it's that's true. it. But true. I kind of doubt it. So uh, yeah. I wish Gene, I wish Gene luck, uh, but he's he's not going to be a Seattle Mariner. Yeah, Gene's fun. Gene's a great player. Uh, Gene's a fun guy to mm-hmm. have around the clubhouse. Uh, at least you know, <laughs> if your name's not a uh, fans. Uh, yeah, for sure. fans, for fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously, you maybe know, maybe a bit of a headache. Yeah, we, we don't know everything. Obviously, we're we're not the ones that were in no. the clubhouse or anything like that. So, you know, I'm not going to claim anything or, or speak anything on, on Gene Segura's name. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just it, from the outside <laughs> and, looking in, it just doesn't seem like that, that relationship is right. going to be mended anytime soon. And it is worth noting, again, that basically, I mean, not basically, there are zero holdovers from the previous locker room. When yep. Gene Segura left, there are zero players still playing that were on that team as well for the Mariners, at least. So, sure. yeah, I mean, maybe, may it, like, it's possible. I'll give Steve that it's possible that maybe the fences can be mended, but you know, Scott Service is still there. The entire coaching staff pretty much is still there. Uh, Jerry Depoto is still there. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. So even I, if I'd the person no. that that so even if the person that Segura had issue with uh, is gone, it's possible that he still holds ill will towards service or depoto for any role that they may have played in that situation yeah. as well who knows right we're speculating we're podcasting our socks <clears throat> off be, right now but <laughs> yeah i mean i'll be yeah. happy to be wrong but it just it doesn't seem likely yeah yeah uh it'd be nice though uh, as a fallback option if you don't land one of the uh the top middle infielders uh, Segura would be a, a nice uh, fallback plan there. All right, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Peace.